Welcome into the Irish NFL show. We are one day away from another Monday night football game, but a Monday night football game with a twist. It's not NFL regular season. It's not NFL playoffs. It's in fact the NCAA championship game between Washington and Michigan. One seed, two seed. Kieran Boyle joins me stateside to discuss this. And I suppose a number of different items across the NCAA college championship and the scene there. Kieran, great to have you on board. Thanks again, Brian. Great to talk about college football. One of my passions. Yeah, we were back and forth last weekend watching the Alabama-Michigan game. I think we both felt Alabama gave that one away slightly, but it kind of boils into the narrative. This is Michigan's year, and everything seems to be pointing in that direction. They're minus five-point favorites with Quinbeck going into the game. A lot of people are suggesting they won't have come up against an expansive offense like they'll see tom- tomorrow night on Monday Night Football with ESPN in terms of Washington and Penix and what we saw in terms of what they put together against Texas. Do you buy into that? Do you think this is the year of Michigan, or do you think this is we're going to see a different, a different route to this game tomorrow night? Well, I mean, all the experts are predicting it's going to be Michigan's year. It looks like everyone's aligned. You know, they they knocked off Bama when it looked like Bama was going to, um, you know, just just squeak it out. Is it is it Harbaugh's last year? You know, is he are they going to send him off with a with a uh, a nice swan song and he's going to go to the NFL? Um, I actually think the, uh, the, the Washington Huskies are going to win by three. That's my prediction after watching, um, both games. Um, I really like, uh, I, I mean, obviously I like both teams and they have a lot of, you know, great skill players and a lot of players that will end up, um, being talked about in, uh, Detroit in April in the draft. Um, but I, I just think that the, the, the X factor in the game is going to come down to, um, Michael Panics with his arm and the two wide receivers that he has, um, McMillan and uh, Roma Dunze. Um, I just think that those two are going to be the X factor when it comes to uh, to coming down the crunch. Penix is a guy who, no, you know, there, there was a lot of talk about him being, uh, you know, a kind of mid-round or mid-level kind of pick in the draft, like a round three, four kind of thing. But all the talk lately is him going up into the first round. He's now seen as one of those... Uh, that will be up there with with Caleb Williams and with Drake May and Bo Nix and those kind of guys. Um, Michigan is a great team. That O-line is stacked. You know, you're going to see a lot of those guys playing on Sunday too. Um, Their running back, Blake Corm, is going to definitely be playing on Sundays. I think you can guarantee that. Um, And between, uh, you know, they've got a couple of O-linemen that are, you know, NFL ready. Um, They have a D-lineman, Chris Jenkins, who is definitely going to be playing on Sunday. I mean, he's projected to be a top um, a top 15, if not more. So um, it's all set up for a great game. The over-under is 56, I believe. And uh, as opposed to the Bama-Michigan game, I think it's going to, I think it's going to, I'd take the over. I think it's going to be, it's going to be a back and forth. It's going to be on the nice surface in Houston at the Texan Stadium. Um, and But I do like Washington. I think Panics is the X factor. I like Washington by three. Yeah, I was going to follow up on that because I was checking the odds with Quinn Bear, our partner earlier today, earlier this morning, in fact, and initially at the start of the week, it started out with Michigan minus four-point favorites. They've moved to minus five. Some some various bookmakers have a four and a half, but by and large, it's minus five. Are you surprised that the line has moved in that direction? You know, we're, we're both kind of keen on, on Washington to, to win the game, but yet they're not favorites, and they're like, they're nearly a touchdown, nearly a touchdown under that. Yeah, I mean, a couple of factors come into play. Washington has had... Uh... A lot of, well, I think the last 10 games I read, they won by uh, about a touchdown, and it's been no more than a touchdown or 10 points. The last time they had a big victory was uh, was back in late September. So every game, including the two against Oregon, 
and some of the other Pac-12 games, uh, like against USC, they've just about got through. So um, that's coming into that's coming into play with a lot of the uh, the odds makers. Um, and I also think that the X factors with Harbaugh, um, you know, the swan song, they're going to send him off to the NFL. Um, you know, with all the stuff that happened to him in the college season being suspended for those games with the the sign stealing stuff, um, I think that's coming into play. That's probably worth a point or two for the odds makers, but. Um, I can see where that's coming from. And, you know, there, you know, a lot of the Michigan team are NFL ready. I mean, this is the team that produced Aiden Hutchinson, um, you know, and a whole bunch of other linemen in the NFL. So that's, that's also coming into, uh, into play, but, you know, people forget that Washington, you know, even though they haven't been great, um, or contending for the national title in the last probably, you know, 10 years or so, they produce players of, 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 you know, real quality in the NFL, Buda Baker, Desmond Trufant, uh, Marcus Peters, Vita Vea, you know, all of them have come through Washington. So there's, you know, there's, there's, there's definitely uh, a pipeline of talent up there. So, um, but I can see why Michigan is, is favored that much. I just don't see it. I think, uh, I think Washington is going to pull it out. Too much to turn our attention to the, to the other quarterback, that J.J. McCarthy he didn't have the best of games I would have taught against Alabama, but yet he had that drive at the end, which was a crucial time, crucial period to get themselves back. At 20, 20 each, and obviously the game goes into overtime. J, uh, Harbour has come out this week with comments around the fact he's the best young quarterback in which he's ever had his hands on. Would you, would you buy into that, or do you think he's slightly overhyped because of the nature of the successful season in which Michigan have, have had? Yeah, I'm sure he's slightly overhyping that for the for the press and to and to you know it's kind of gee the, the kid up a little bit. I mean, uh, he's you know Michigan hasn't produced a huge amount of NFL quarterbacks. Tom Brady with uh, with Michigan that was 20 plus years ago. But I don't think that uh, um, he's got to like too much kind of gassing up from from his head coach. McCarthy's somebody who's caught a lot more press in the last uh, probably two or three weeks into the NFL draft. More people are starting to talk about him as being a first round round pick. I don't see it myself, but you know, if, if somebody like Brock Purdy can go the last pick in the seventh round and end up, you know, as a starter and possible Super Bowl MVP, then who knows? Um, but uh, that just to me sounds like Harbaugh just being, you know, Harbaugh being Harbaugh. <laughs> well, speaking of Harbaugh, like there's a lot of speculation. There's, I suppose there's, there's so much interest in this game and they're obviously in fairness every year, but there's more, it's more, serious this year because of the nature of where he's at there's a lot of speculation and every year there's speculation he's coming back into the NFL but this year it seems like this really is the, the biggest opportunity he's going to get speculation of the Raiders which was, has always been there because of the nature of the turnover and head coaches in which the Raiders have year to year and then obviously you got the Chargers and a lot of people are kind of putting two to two, put two and two together on this one Justin Herbert John Harbaugh this is the connection this is the kind of head coach in which the Chargers need to, to Put things right. Do you buy into that one, or do you think there's another team in the offing? He's, he's, I'd imagine he'd have his pick of a number of teams. He probably would, but like any other te- any other coach going into a, into a team, um, they're going to look at the, you know who's the quarterback. You know what do we got behind center? Who's who's uh, you know you, we've we've seen Sean Payton. He took the job because he got offered a boatload of money, but he's not sold on Russell Wilson, so he's going to get his own guy. I think uh, I think Harbaugh is a fan of Herbert. Uh, a lot of things are pointed towards Herbert, uh, towards Harbor, Harbaugh and the Chargers. Um, played for a couple of years with, well, it was San Diego now, um, Los Angeles. He still has a relationship with the Spanos who own the team, um, and I think he's gonna, he, he's definitely gonna leverage the offer that he has. I mean, he's got a ten-year, hundred and twenty-five million dollar offer from Michigan, so that's on the table. 
And that's uh, that's something he's going to use with a bunch of NFL teams and be like, all right, well, you know, classic leverage. I have this from Michigan. What can you offer me? So I think the Chargers, with the way they are now, they have owners with deep pockets. They have a city and a stadium that they're trying to create an identity with. You know, the Chargers, <laughs> a lot of jokes made that the Chargers and Rams play 16 or 17 road games a year because the, the, the stadiums are packed out with opposing fans. Um, the Chargers desperately need someone to, you know, bring that identity and bring a, a kind of winning mentality to the team because they've just been, they've been floundering ever since the Schottenheimer days. Um, so I, I, I would fully expect Harbaugh to pick up the Chargers' offer, and I think he'll be in the league uh, come September. Do you think? Well, he's a very good head coach. Think, as you touched on there, on the fan base and obviously having to play games and so forth, where it's effectively like a, a role game. Is this a Selection with a top process of trying to establish a proper fan base in, in LA and trying to obviously satisfy the ones that are there every week and then obviously try to drive more people into the stadium and, who, and give the, a bit of a buzz around the team. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, head coaches in the NFL now are almost as, as important or as popular as the as the quarterbacks. And, uh, you know, the Chargers have been floundering. Um, they've, they've almost been without an identity the last uh, probably 10 plus years, if not more. You know, they've had that kind of reputation is as as uh snatching defeat from the jaws of victory they they need backbone they need somebody who's got you know a winning mentality they already have the quarterback um and they need a coach that's going to give them the extra bit of press uh who's going to be able to entice um you know free agents and have them have them draft you know some good quality you know players because you know harbaugh has done some great work with michigan albeit you know the 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 quality of the teams are playing week in, week out, or not. You know, they're not playing Ohio State every week, so they're playing smaller teams. And but that gives that also gives players an opportunity to kind of hone their craft. So um, I think it's it's obviously a, a business decision, and I think that they're going to exceed the ten year, one hundred and twenty five offer that uh, that Michigan are giving them. So definitely, uh, definitely going to sweeten the pot for for Harbaugh. It's going to turn our attention to another head coach, and, and actually it's not a head coach that's involved in this game whatsoever. It's actually Nick Saban, who obviously we saw about the wrong side of that that game last last Monday night on New Year's Day. A lot of speculation this could be it for him. Do you, do you buy into that, or do you think we're still going to see another big Alabama year next year with Saban involved? Yeah, everyone's writing him off. A lot of people talking about, you know, uh, is this it for Saban? He's 72. He's been coaching since 1973. I mean... 50 plus years of coaching is going to take its toll on it. Um, Saban's not going to want to go out like this. He's built powerhouses at Alabama. I mean, he had, he's a guy that had uh, Jalen Hurts, Tua, and Mac Jones on one team. You know, he knows how to find talent. He knows how to find NFL talent. This obviously been a down year for, uh, for, for Alabama. They just didn't have the talent across the board, whether it be O-line, uh, wide receivers, um, or even quarterback, you know, we saw the, we saw the limitations of the quarterback last week. Um, but this is not the way you'll want to go out. Um, I know he's, you know, extremely upset and frustrated with the whole transfer portal name, name, image, and likeness, you know, stuff that's going on in kind of that unregulated world of college football right now. And that's, that's the exact opposite of who he is. He's somebody who builds a roster and, and has players on a team that ride the bench for a year or two before they come along. And uh, that's something that is kind of the opposite of of how he does things. But I think you know over time that'll that that process will be tweaked, and I think he's going to go out and, on a on a winning team. So this is this is not the end of not the end of Saban just yet. Well, it's probably the right time to ask about the portal because the portal obviously is a different dynamic now, and it's changing the, the nature of the college game. And I suppose in the long run, 
probably change the nature of where players are perceived when it comes to being selected in the drafts and obviously declaring for the drafts. Are you someone who sees the nature, the, the rationale as to why they're doing it? Do you like it? Do you think it's effectively going to work for players? Because some players might benefit from it. Some players will go down, go down the far route and maybe it'd be best there staying with the air for a number of years and obviously coming into the NFL. A different route maybe from a lesser college. Yeah, I mean, it's, I'm not, a, I'll be honest, personally, I'm not a fan of it. You know, I like, uh, I like teams to, you know, build over the, over the years to, you know, build a quarterback, build a, build a team. Um, it's, it's quite wild what you see right now. I mean, um, in this area where we are, um, Trevor Etienne, brother of Travis, was with the running back with Florida and he transferred to Georgia. Now you can imagine how that went down over here. Um, DJ Ugalele, who was at Clemson, went to Maryland and now he's going to Florida State. So you can't even keep track with who's moving where, um, and it's almost like it's a, a it's a watering down of the whole kind of college system. This was coming for a long time because coaches were moving here, there, and everywhere without any repercussions. So the fact that players was going to do that, um, you know, that that was kind of like the natural progression. But it's got to the stage where players are almost, you know, coaches are are, are recruiting players. And then if the if if a coach ends up balling somebody out on the sideline, you know they got to think, oh shoot, is this guy gonna is he gonna enter the portal because he doesn't like what I heard what I told him, or if I bench him for a poor performance, is he gonna enter the portal tomorrow? It's just it, it, it's leading to a real weird place in college football, um, and college football is 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 able to withstand the short term hit from all this because it is it's very it's it's a lot of flux and. You know, the money's crazy. I mean, Caleb Williams is, is on more money than Brock Purdy right now. Caleb Williams lives in the penthouse in Los Angeles. But, uh, you know, players are moving around. They're making the money, which is fine. But the transfer portal is just taking it to the next level. And it's it's causing a lot of, uh, you know, not just with coaches, but fan bases are now looking around and saying, whoa, whoa. You know, I thought we uh, thought we recruited this guy. Why is he was he playing at our rival? You know, it's starting to get over a lot of those guys. So uh, long story short, I'm not a fan of it. I don't think it's sustainable long term. I think that name image, name image and likeness will be around because that's you know players have been trying to get paid for the longest, but the uh, the portal will definitely be addressed pretty soon. For anybody who hasn't seen the photographs, check out social media pages of Caleb Williams penthouse in LA, and this guy has yet to join the league. He looks like he will, by and large, be the first pick in the, in the draft come April. But just to close out, I know we're kind of revisiting the game itself tomorrow night because it's such a big game and the enormity of. The game itself. How many, is there any particular players in which have a, you have a keen interest on? More so for declaration with the draft in mind. I know a lot of players tend to opt out of the ball games, but in this situation, there's players like you talked about Michael Penix being the X factor. Mm. Listen to a number of podcasts this week. Same same scenario and same kind of you touched on that. You know, he was perceived to be a second round pick. Now we're talking about late force, but you, you, we know the way the process works. He has a good combine in, in February, and all of a sudden he's shooting up the board. But is there any other players? Leave a keen eye on the Gatinka, a real valuable asset. May not necessarily be a first round pick come April, but players keep a keen eye on. Well, I know Blake Corum, uh, the, the the main running back, he's like the uh the 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 main kind of ball carrier for for uh for Michigan. I think he he'll probably be more of a second or third rounder. Um I do see him starting the league in a couple of years, but he's someone, you know, he's he's pretty well known. Um, but for those who may be new to the game or watching for the first time, keep an eye out for Roma Dunze. This guy is gonna be an absolute superstar six foot three is about 211 um kind of a mike williams mike evans you know almost that kind of quality um he's he's absolutely going to be a, a top five top 10 pick and he will be a, a superstar very soon um there's a d lineman for the for for michigan chris jenkins 
Um, and he will be a he will be a big player in the league too. He's a he's kind of a Dexter Lawrence kind of uh, physique, Dexter Lawrence kind of player, just a run stuffer, just a big guy. And uh, I, I I like him um, to be, to make a name for Sundays. Um, keep an eye out for slot receiver um, with Washington, Jalen McMillan. Doesn't kind of get the press that uh, Adunze gets, but he's a phenomenal athlete, um, fast as all get out. Um, slightly smaller, he's your classic slot receiver, but he is uh, he's someone who had a big impact on the game um, against Texas the other night. And uh, I see him as a, you know, same name, same first name as Jalen, kind of like a Jalen Hyde player, speedy, um, you know, able to make separation and um, have a big impact in games. Um, and one more would be um, uh, Troy Fatanu. He's an O-lineman or a, a tackle with um, with Washington. I think he's going to be a a, uh, a top uh, first-round pick. Major for a great game. I think for both in unison, we're going Washington. We're taking the points. We're going over on the 56 points, which is available with Quinn, MetQuinnBeth.com. And for those who are staying up to watch the game, the game kicks off at half 12 local time here in Ireland, going into Tuesday morning. And Karen will be back on the Instant Reaction podcast later tonight with Shane Brennan as, as they evaluate the Final set pieces of the uh, the NFL regular season and who makes the playoffs. But for now, Kieran, really appreciate your time as always. Thanks very much again. Thanks, Brian.